Archiver is made possible by a grant from the Kansas Humanities Council and is part of the Fountain City Frequency family of podcasts. I want to tell you about a scandal, the only scandal, in fact, in the history of the Kansas court system. It's the story of an ambitious politician that tainted both the governorship and the state's highest court. But to tell that story, we'll hear this first. It's a clip from Richard Nixon's famous Checker speech. At the time, he had just been nominated as Dwight Eisenhower's running mate. But the press got wind of a secret fund Nixon supporters created for him to pay political expenses. Not surprisingly, charges of impropriety surfaced, and there were calls for him to resign from the ticket. Even Ike was leery. So Nixon did something that's never been done. He went directly to the people on television. My fellow Americans, I come before you tonight as a candidate for the vice presidency and as a man whose honesty and and integrity has been questioned. Now, the usual political thing to do when charges are made against you is to either ignore them or to deny them without giving details. I believe we've had enough of that in the United States. Going straight to the people seems so easy now, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. But 60 years ago, going around the media was revolutionary. Now, we can't know for sure, but it's a pretty good bet that a 36-year-old Dodd City Republican named Fred Lee Hall was watching. The night of the Nixon speech, Hall was Kansas lieutenant governor. Before that, he was Ford County attorney. Before that, he learned the law at USC, where he was president of the College Young Republican Club. Hall was ambitious, but unpopular among the GOP elite in Kansas. He would go on to be elected governor, but find himself on the outskirts of the party. Hall, too, would go directly to the people on TV, and he would change politics and the legal system in Kansas in a way that we're feeling right this minute. The podcast is Archiver, the episode, TV, the triple play, and the man from Dodge, me. I'm your host, Sam Zeff. You're a true archivist now. Here's the real question of the of the podcast, though. Who is the archiver? <laughs> Are you the archiver? I'm not the archiver. Uh, of the podcast? Right. The name podcast. podcast. called archiver. That's the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I might suggest like you work a, on that like, a little bit more. It's like <laughs> That's archiver producer Matt Hodap, along with Daryl Garwood from the Kansas Historical Society and archiver historian Virgil Dean. And we're going through some of the thousands of pictures and documents on Hall. Well, those are real interesting, aren't they? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's Fred. He looks a little severe there. Like There's a little bit of, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, but a little bit of a forced smile there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think yeah. this would have been, when was this taken? I imagine these are really days? early. In, these look like they'd be early in his administration, yeah, which would see. be in January, probably, or February 55. Virgil will be back in a little bit. So there's two things that strike you about Fred Hall. First, there's a bit of Bernie Sanders in his politics. He's way more liberal than most Republicans in Kansas at the time. He was for pumping more money into public education and prisons, and he was pro-union. While Republicans in the state weren't as conservative as they are now, they certainly were not pro-union. That, more than anything, would drive the Fred Hall story. So just a little bit more about Fred and his family. The man from Dodge was a sharp dresser, a baritone, at ease with a crowd— His wife is not only gorgeous, but glamorous. Perfect 
for the new medium of television. After two terms as lieutenant governor, he wins the Republican nomination for governor in 1954, albeit with little enthusiasm from the party. It's pretty clear the GOP won't tolerate another term in 1956, and that's especially true after he battles the legislature. He's in trouble early with his 1956 re-election effort. He's got a tough GOP primary ahead, and without party backing, he does what virtually no politician had done before, goes on television to speak directly to the people. This aired in January 1956. Ladies and gentlemen, a personal report by Governor Fred Hall to the people of the state. Hello, everyone. It's good to see you all on television again. When I became governor, I had an ambition to report to the people of Kansas by television every month or so. Television costs money, and this was not possible. Through the efforts of my friends, I am now able to start a series of programs reporting on the progress and problems of your state government. The state government is now under the control and domination of a handful of men who have no respect for our great traditions of public trust. The people elected me to throw the rascals out and to destroy this machine. So help me God, I am going to do it. Just how out front were these TV broadcasts? According to the 1950 census, only 1.7% of all homes in Kansas even had a TV. Hell, 16% didn't even have running water, let alone a television. By 1956, lots more people have TVs, but it's still a novelty. These half-hour shows aired on WIBW in Topeka, Cake in Wichita, and WDAF in Kansas City. And the TV shows may have added to Hall's trouble with the party. Here he is talking about spending more on prison inmates. Our penal institutions, as they are presently constituted, serve as breeding grounds for future crime. Any prison which operates on the theory of punishment alone produces worse criminals. As our system stands now, prison alone does not correct a man in any effective way. Prisons are no place for false economy. Like the schools, the highways, the mental institutions, the people of Kansas want and should have the best. And just in case you're wondering just how long school finance has been an issue in Kansas, here's Hall talking about that in 1956. Schools are big business. In most communities, they constitute the largest as well as the wisest single expenditure of local money. Like almost every other state, we are undoubtedly facing a first-class school crisis. A few years ago, we accepted the obligation of helping our local communities by giving state aid to our elementary schools. I have constantly advocated the continuance and enlargement of this program. But nothing helps, and Hall loses the Republican primary, the only sitting governor in Kansas history to do so. He is the lamest of lame ducks, But Hall isn't done. Not nearly done. He has a reputation for being aggressive and pugnacious. But nobody could have predicted his next move.
His next move is a conspiracy that is both sleazy and genius. Fred Hall had no plans to move back to Dodge City as a loser, as a one-term governor. So he concocted the only judicial scandal in Kansas history. It even has a cool name, the Triple Play. One of the more interesting, fascinating episodes, I guess, in Kansas political history uh, has to be, or at least in the 20th century, has to be uh, the so-called triple play. That's archiver resident historian Virgil Dean, an expert on the triple play. The chief justice of the Kansas Supreme Court, uh, William Smith, at some point between the election and the inauguration of a new governor, decides that he's going to resign. Uh, he's uh, a friend and supporter of Fred Hall's politically throughout Hall's career. They apparently have a conversation about the timing of that resignation. Uh, and instead of waiting till the next governor comes in to fill that position, Hall decides that's a good place to go for him uh, in his post-governorship. All right. So let me just stop you right there. So Fred Hall, the governor, uh, and Bill Smith, the Chief Justice of the uh, Kansas Supreme Court. And I think we should mention at this time, judges are elected in Kansas. Right. Uh, this is a partisan election. Uh, Bill Smith is a Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, They're elected for a six-year term. Right. Uh, and so now they've gotten together, and, they, and Fred Hall says, well, you know what, I want to stay on the political stage. And he accomplishes that. Uh, I believe some might call it a conspiracy now uh, with the chief justice that he is going to resign as governor. And this does indeed happen on uh, January 3rd, 1957. So he resigns as governor, which then automatically elevates, uh, correct, the lieutenant governor. Yeah, his lieutenant governor then takes over as governor for what ends up being a few days. Uh, So John McKish, who is the lieutenant governor, Comes back to Topeka. Apparently, according to news reports at the time, he's actually in the hospital and has to be encouraged to come back to Topeka at the time that he does. They send a highway patrolman and, for him, and right? And he happens to be, yeah, yeah I think that's right. That's right. I remember the <laughs> newspaper accounts. He comes back to Topeka and is sworn in as governor and then almost immediately appoints uh, his uh, the former governor, Fred Hall, uh, to uh, the position of Chief or uh, Justice of the Supreme Court, and thus we have uh, the what we became dubbed the the triple play. Right, Hall resigns, Smith resigns, uh, the lieutenant governor is uh, taken uh, off his sick bed to come to Topeka. He appoints Bill uh, uh, Fred Hall uh, uh, to the Kansas Supreme Court, thus the triple play. Right. And uh, this was uh, apparently. Uh, Fred Hall's plan to stay on the political stage. Interestingly, or maybe surprisingly, to me at least, that this isn't good enough. Though he uh, he does <laughs> want to stay in the in the political arena, uh, not just uh, quietly uh, serve on the state supreme court. And apparently, before to, before sitting on the bench for very long, he starts thinking about, and maybe he was already thinking about uh, another run for governor, uh, because he he ends up coming back in in. Uh, uh, to seek the nomination uh, in uh, 1958. Uh, and to show how... And resign from the court at the, to do that. So. Uh, to run again, yeah. right. So he was uh, big on resigning. <laughs> <laughs> Candace wasn't used to that kind of backroom deal, and the backlash was immediate 
and severe. This is what the Kansas City Times had to say in January 1957. The headline was, A Brazen Raw Deal for Kansas Justice. The deal was cloaked in deepest secrecy. This indicated the participants were fearful of public reaction and did not believe it could stand the light of day. Involved was not merely a political appointment. It was an appointment to the highest court in the state. In the 1957 session, the legislature would pass a constitutional amendment requiring justices to be chosen with a merit system. The next year, the amendment passed with 70% of the vote. And everyone was happy, at least until a few years ago. Joining me now, Burdette Loomis, a political science professor at the University of Kansas. Burdette is here to catch us up on the present day. And tell us why judicial selection is still an issue in Kansas. Well, I think the answer is pretty simple. Uh, the governor, Governor Brownback, and many of the far-right Republicans in state government in the legislature simply think that the, the results that the court has produced, particularly on school finance, but also on the death penalty, uh, have not been what they had hoped for. So in a sense, they see themselves as political policy losers in the game, and I think th- uh, they want to change the game. But do you think that given the system that we have was born out of controversy, in fact, the only scandal we've, only, we've ever seen in Kansas, uh, in Kansas courts uh, have we forgotten that? Are we perhaps doomed to, to repeat that, Are you? do you fear? Well, I think that what's going on now is different from what went on with, with Fred Hall. Uh, that was a procedural issue, and uh, the, he gamed the system with the assistance of the other two members of the triple play. So he games the system to become a justice on the Supreme Court. Um, that was procedural. Their policy really wasn't involved. If you fast forward 60 years, uh, we're really talking about procedures here, but the only reason we're talking about them is because uh, some people see themselves as losing uh, before the Supreme Court. So there'll be a lot of discussion here about the governor should be able to appoint, uh, the Senate ratify, uh, things like that. Uh, but honestly, I think, I think it's a very results-oriented uh, approach to uh, uh, the, the court and uh, the control of other branches of the court. But clearly, politics are involved in uh, Fred Hall's time. It was elective politics. This may be, uh, would you agree, more ideology-driven? Well, I think politics right now are more ideology-driven than they have been in a very, very long time. Uh, And when you control by the ballot box both the governorship and majorities in both the House and the Senate, you then look to the court, and the court is supposed to be a neutral interpreter of the law, and you see results that don't comport with your preferences, you may say, well, look, we've got the governorship, we've got these majorities, Um, let's change things so that we can get a court that agrees with us. Uh, And that is the nature of politics in this state, in this nation right now, and we shouldn't be surprised by it.
Now, Brett Hall had no way of knowing that the triple play would directly affect one of the hottest issues in Kansas politics today, how the state funds public education, and how that reaches into the courts. Up until the 1990s, nobody much thought about how the Kansas picked Supreme Court justices and judges for the Court of Appeals. Except for the Hall-directed triple play, there had never been a scandal. Kansas courts generally had a good reputation. Things, judicially speaking, were going just fine. But in 1992, a lawsuit now known as Montoy versus Kansas was filed alleging the state wasn't putting enough money into the school system, and that violated Article 6 of the state constitution. The case gets to the Supreme Court and the justices agree Kansas lawmakers needed to find more money for schools. And it wasn't just Montoy. In 2014, the state also lost a case called Gannon, the case that is now causing conservatives in the legislature and Governor Brownback to desperately want to dump the merit system that was born from the triple play. For all the turmoil and trouble Fred Hall would cause, his stint on the Kansas political stage was pretty brief. He spent just two years as a justice, resigning in 1958, to make another run at the Republican nomination for governor, where he was trounced by 60 points by Clyde Reed Jr., who spent most of his life as the editor of the Parsons Sun. Hall would go on to a successful career as a lawyer in California in the booming aeronautics business. He eventually returned to Dodge to practice law. But in his fairly brief political career, Fred Hall introduced television to Kansas politics and scandal to the court system. He would be responsible for radically changing the way judges are picked and for the political battle over the same thing today. Hall died in 1970. He was only 53. That's Archiver. The podcast is produced by Matt Hodap in the studios of KCUR 89.3 in Kansas City and made possible by a grant from the Kansas Humanities Council. Thanks to Daryl Garwood and Nancy Sherbert at the Kansas Historical Society and to Professor Burdett Loomis from the University of Kansas. Archiver is a co-production of Fountain City Frequency and Do Good Productions, where Nancy Seelan is executive producer. You can see lots of photos of Fred Hall, his family, and Hall on the campaign trail at FountainCityFrequency.com. For my favorite Kansas historian, Virgil Dean, I'm Sam Zeff. I'll see you on the next Archiver.